This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Uh, welcome to podcast episode number 309. We are the Fight Disciples and this is dedicated to the world of boxing. Uh, if it's the first time you've ever come across us, you can subscribe via iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for and fightdisciples.com is our website if you need an Android feed. Uh, now, as well as talking about boxing and uh, combat sports, we do like to... Uh, just go off-piste every now and again. And as we've walked into the studio today, we just had a little bit of a discussion about Glastonbury. I'm sure there's people listening to this, maybe on the way back from Glastonbury, having a fantastic four days, uh, enjoying the sights and sounds uh, of Worthy Farm. And they thought to themselves, we'll have a bit of a detox and catch up with the boxing or uh, a little bit of the MMA that we've missed uh, over the weekend. Let's see what the Fight Disciples boys have got to say. Well, I'll tell you something, we're catering for you. Uh, because Nick's... Strolled into the studio today, talking about Glastonbury, saying next year's the 50th anniversary of yep. Glastonbury. That you think- I've never been. That's what I was saying to you. Have you ever been? I've never been. I've never been to Glastonbury. I've been to V Festival. I'm not a tent guy. Do you know what I mean? After a couple of days... You're a glamper. I'm a glamper. I think if I went, I'd have to go glamping, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'd do the full Tyson Fury, caravan on the back of the car, boom, straight in there. Yeah. I could handle that. Static, or would you? Uh, are you on the mobile? Are you okay? I'm mobile, whatever. Yeah. As, as long as there was an actual bed, a proper toilet lifted off the floor, my own toilet. Yeah. Ideally, shower. access to a warm shower. Yeah. Then I'd be in. That's all, a bit all of you. day. I'm in mm. then. I'm in then. But then again, fucking hell, I've been devastated if I'd have uh, shipped the kids off this past weekend and paid a fortune to go to Glastonbury because let's face it, the lineup was pants. You weren't you weren't happy with the musical uh... garbage? No. Absolutely. Well, garbage. first of all, let's. Th- I mean, we've had these discussions on the show previously. So, if you're new to this and you've only just joined us, Nick thinks that he should be in a gospel choir. I Absolutely. Mean, he applied to mm-hmm. be in one and they knocked him back. I, I just think it was because they rejected I'm too, yo- him. too young. They're too young. I think I'm too young. You're 40. How old are you? 40. It's got a four. Yeah. Just. Is it a two or a three? I can't remember it's which one it is. It's got a four. Uh, right, it's one of them. It's either two or three. I can't remember how long ago it was when it's I went to his 40. I'm not 43. Right then, it's 42. <laughs> there you go, you dickhead. <laughs> you're not too young to be in a gospel choir at 42 years of age. You're too young at 20. Well, you're not even too young at all. If, you can, if you've got pipes, you've got pipes. You're in, aren't you? You've heard me sing the versatility of my voice. So I can appreciate things like Glastonbury because I can sing in so many different genres. <laughs> so the folk bit... <laughs> The soul bit, like the pop, country, you name it. A yeah. little bit of rock and roll. Mm. I'm, I'm quids in. So I feel like me as a critic, an artist, an as, <laughs> as a critic of Glastonbury, is is holds salt. It's justified, and, is it? And I'm looking at this year's lineup, and I'm like, it's absolutely all right. So garbage. What, so what would be your dream lineup? What would be on there if, if you were to go and you okay, were to put, uh, if you were to put down 150 notes for a ticket? So, I'm, so I'm, let's pretend I'm Michael Evers then, yeah? Yeah. And next year... You look I'm a bit do, like him with that then, beard. <laughs> if I had your head and, and no that, hair and, and, and this beard. beard. Yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, next year's the 50th anniversary of Glastonbury. Who are you putting on? So 2020, that's the big one. So for a start, I'm going, boom, first band announced, The Kinks. Any reason? The Kinks headline, Glasto 1, 1970. Oh, all right, so you're going traditional. You're yeah. going for a little just bit to, of nostalgia. Just to tick that box, Kinks, main event. Lola. Main event? Only on the Friday. They've only got one fucking no, tune. No, fucking... I know, but come on. I'd, listen, I'd rather stand in the field listen to the Kinks right now than listen to the fucking Cure. If the Cure were on in my back garden, I'd go away for the weekend. Absolutely shite. Dross. <laughs> Some fucking weird goth who's about 60. Get out of town. Anyway, I dive it. I would also go with... Pink Floyd, reunion gig. Right. 
bring the boys back together. Right, okay. So they'd do that for you, would they? It's, it's glass, though. Okay. Um, your neck of the woods, innit? Go on. Right now, there needs to be a conversation going on over here with Liam and a conversation going right. on over here so with you. So you're getting Oasis back together? Oasis. Nobody's been able to do it, but you're going to sort it. It's Glasgow. Okay. 50th anniversary of Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't tell me there was limitations on this. All right. I'm, I'm just shooting for the moon. Okay. Then I'm going to do like a Coachella-style um, hologram performance. All right. Tupac's coming back, is he? No, not Tupac. Who? Michael Jackson. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> there you go. Michael Jackson hologram headlining. Right, yeah. To be fair, it'd be pretty mint, that. Fucking brilliant. It'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> Go on, keep going, Michael. I'm enjoying this. Um, Montel Jordan. Just for one track? Yeah. <laughs> just, come come on. Be, just come and do one tune, Just mate. because Drew Robert walked out for him from the UFC at the weekend and remembered how amazing it was. All right, yeah. Uh, is R. Kelly in jail? <laughs> I don't know if he can get a permit to leave the country, though, can he? Mate, he took... What is this about pedos? <laughs> You're just putting pedos on. <laughs> Get MJ and uh, R. Kelly on. Oh, dear. Adele. There you go. <laughs> Is Adele still singing? Yeah, but what a random, random, eclectic mix of people that is. I know Glastonbury is basically a random, eclectic mix of people. But to go from Michael Jackson to R. Kelly, stick Adele on. What, do you want some smooches? <laughs> do you want some fucking love tunes? Appeased it. And then obviously because I'm... Just wait, I need to do this. I need to play, play this. That's it. Yeah! <laughs> this is how we do it. <laughs> That's the fucking track, in it. He has literally only got one tune, hasn't he? Montel's on. What's he doing? He's just doing this. This is all he's doing. Ten times. Oh. Back to back. Oh, mate. Go on, who else you got? Um, Wait, when's Adele on? Is she a headliner or is she... You, uh... Well, she's got a headline, Adele, hasn't she? Headline okay. uh, Saturday night and then closing the show Sunday, the greatest live band in the history. Of, of modern music. What, this is going to be gold, whatever he says. Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's all right. There you go. The, all the tunes sound the same, though, the chilies. How dare you? They all sound the fucking same. And yeah, the f- bangers. What more do you want? <sighs> Cheeky Foo Fighters, maybe? No. They're, they're definitely all the same. All they do is In just fact, change the chord arrangement. That's all they do. I went to V Festival, which is my only real festival experience, yeah. and stumbled across a band... In the before they made it big and live, they were fucking unreal. Kasabian, live, right. unreal. So I'm putting them in as well. Right, there you go. Putting them in. Paul Simon. Fucking hell. Paul Simon oh, with his guitar. This is the gig of all gigs, this is it. What about, what about modern uh, people? Like, would you, obviously at the weekend, everybody's talking Stormzy. Would you have a bit of Stormzy in there? I read that the weekend someone described him as a cultural icon of our times. Yeah, yeah. He's got a voice of the kids, hasn't he? Kids are listening to him. I might put him on in the afternoon for the kids, but I'll be honest, he's not a very good rapper, is he? He's not a... Right. Talent-wise. Who's who's, what type of rappers are you into? Um, I'm old school, me. I prefer a bit of, you know... Tupac. Snoop. Right, yeah. Dre. Yeah. Pac. Yeah. Easy E. Right, okay. I'm old school. All right. Let's face it, Stormzy, he's like a, he's like a poor man's dizzy rascal. <laughs> Dizzy Rascal's got the bangers. <laughs> There's your quote for this week's show. Stormzy is a poor man's Dizzy Rascal. This is Stormzy, right? This is what Stormzy does. There you go. This is one of the biggest tunes out there right at this moment in time. When he did this, okay, okay, see? Okay, okay. This is Vossibot. When he did this at the weekend, went off, mate. 
Cultural message, people saying, fuck Boris and all that. Are you feeling this? I see David Moyes took a, took a shot as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's this new, like, depressing hip-hop, isn't it? That's the times that we're living in at this moment. I know we're living in depressing times when it comes to the streets. Listen, I'm from the streets. I walk these streets. <laughs> so you're telling me... Listen, listen. He's a lyrical genius, this kid. So you're telling me you... I'm, de- I'm you're depressing me now. That's not for you. No. But if all of a sudden I decided to go... Yes. Yes. This is your the party has started. Come on. There's no comparison. There is no comparison. He's a poor man's busy rascal. It's a daydream. Everything in my life ain't what it seems. I wake up just to go back to sleep. I act real shallow, but I'm in too deep. And all I care about is sex and violence. There you go. Proper lyrics. Yeah. Everybody says that I've got to get a grip. Proper lyrics. All I care about is sex and violence. This is it, kids. This is where you're at this now. This is it. Get down to Glastonbury 2020. Next year. Michael Evis, Nick Pete collaboration. The talent. There's nothing crazy about me. Bonkers. Yes. Look at you. I'm in. I'll buy my tickets now. Thank you very much. There you go. Uh, if anybody can tag Storms in from the weekend after his historical weekend, being the first uh, black British male to uh, headline at Glastonbury, if you could just tell him, listen, he ain't got shit on Dizzy Rascal. <laughs> Did Dizzy Rascal never headline Glastonbury? No. Wow. You sure? Are you going to sort that out? Um, it's happening. I'm telling you now. It's happening. There you go. Uh, welcome to the Fight Disciples, by the way. Uh, we do talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> fighting during our uh, conversations about various other things that are going on in the world, but I just thought we'd touch upon the Glastonbury thing. So if you've been to Glastonbury and you're on your way back from Glastonbury, or maybe you're recovering from Glastonbury, hopefully you enjoyed it. But according to him, watching um, a 60-year-old goth warble in uh, somebody's backfield, he'd, uh, he'd shut the curtains if it were on in his back garden. Fact. Not for you. No. Um, speaking of which, shutting the curtains on, that whole card from Providence, Rhode Island. Shut the curtains on that. Absolute garbage. Weren't it? It was dog mess. Absolute dog mess. When, like, Cal Yuffie, I don't want to see Cal Yuffie fight anybody else other than other world champions now. I'm Absolutely. not interested. Absolutely not interested. Yep. I've seen him do this level on many, many occasions and outclass dudes. Yep. I'm bored of it now. Did it again? Exactly. Wins every round. I don't want to see it no more. I want to see him in with Estrada, Rung Side, those types of kids. That's who I want to see him in with. All right? Yep. That's the end of that. Put a line under it. Joseph Parker. I was excited about this because Joseph Parker's been given an opportunity. He's on match room now. He thinks to himself, all right, there's going to be a lot of lads out there that need a knock. Joseph Parker could be prime. If he comes out now, puts on the top performance, we're away. He started brilliant. Comes out, rat-a-tat-tat. Yep. I'm thinking, go on, Joey, lad. This is it. Do, it. do this for three rounds. Light the kid up, get him stopped. And then he stopped. Yeah. Got to the end of the second round, third round, and I'm thinking... What's he doing? He just con- he just cruised all the way through it. It was painful. In fact, it was that painful, the referee even threw the towel in, didn't he? Yeah, he enough. He just went, as soon as he puts a little combination here, I'm jumping in the way of it. Fucking hell. Lee Pye, 
tough as they come. Don't get me wrong. He took yeah. a lot of punishment. No question about that. But Joey, you're miles better than that. He's a top guy as well. I just felt put it was your, the time to make a statement. Put your foot down. Yeah. What's the matter with you? I think he. I think he did. Lee Paul early on wobbled him, but thought oh, I haven't got the power to get this guy out of there. So I'll just box. I'll just go the distance. And it's like no, you can't do that in this heavyweight division. There's too much going on. There's too many opportunities. There's too much shit in the air for you to not put a stake in the ground and go, here I am. Yeah. Here's, here's me blowing people away. Especially when we've seen AJ beat him and especially when we've seen Dillian White beat him. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Very, there's loads of conversation around those fights. Yeah. Times. Well, even the Anthony Joshua fight, there's a conversation around it because the referee didn't allow him to fight and do his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Dillian White thing, we've all said on this podcast, if there's a 13th round, Joseph Parker probably wins the fight because he's got Dillian going at the end there, hasn't he? Yeah. But because of those results going against him, he's got to get himself in the mix. Got to make a statement. Of course he has. And this is a guy to make a statement against as well. I know Lee Powell's lost half a dozen fights or so, but I think he's only been stopped once or twice. One of them was Klitschko, so mm. you know he's, he's a guy that's pretty durable. And I know he got the stop with John Paper. It's fine, but watching the fight, I'm like, you, middle rounds, I'm like, boring. Yeah. Bring on the main event. Uh-oh. Well, every... It's Boo Boo Andre. You know why he's called Boo Boo? I thought he was called Boo Boo because he's like, he's scary. Do you know what I mean? He's like yeah, a yeah. scary puncher. Yeah. But he's called Boo Boo because he's like, Boo Boo, time for bed. Boo Boo Boo. Boo. That's, not, that's not factual, by the he's way. He's absolutely boring. Mm. And do you know what? This is the mad thing about Andre. Outside the ring, he gets it. He looks the part. He looks like a world champion. He walks like a world champion. He's got a fan base. He knows how to treat the media. He, he, he looks the business. But when he fights, he's boring as hell. Mm-hmm. And he gets to the end of this 12-round snooze. For, he, won, he wins every round. Easy. Gets to the end of it, and he's like, yeah, I want to fight Canelo or Triple J. I'm like, mate, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That's not how you do it. Yeah. Putting us all to sleep for 12 rounds and exactly. then calling for the big fights. Get out of town. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Right, because that that wasn't the only fight that I kind of lost interest with at the weekend. So we got three fights there from Providence that I thought were all snooze fests. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it and you're tuning into us to maybe give us a little bit of a go don't back bother. and watch it, don't bother watching. Don't bother. Not. Like for example, Nick last week reminded everybody about the MTK show, Stephen Woods fight. God, yeah. Everybody jumps on that and then tweeted us throughout the course of the week saying thanks for the recommendation. Yes. So right. if you miss Providence Rhode Island, don't watch it. Go back and watch the MTK fight again because <laughs> it's fight the year contender. Now, in the early hours of Sunday morning on ITV4, you had uh, Jamal. Charlo. You had Jamal Charlo. Now, Nick's a massive fan of both Charlo boys, right? I'm still a little bit unconvinced by him. I know they've got highlight reel knockouts and they look good on YouTube, but if you watch a full fight, you can you, there's flaws that you can see. And secondly, again, I lost interest in this during the fight. I'm thinking, yeah. come on, son. This guy, you're now, you've been upgraded to the W... We're going to talk franchises later, right, by the way. You've been upgraded to the WBC middleweight champion. You're the boy now, right? Go out there and show everybody why you are the WBC middleweight champion. Then get on the mic and say, Canelo, why are you fucking running with this franchise bullshit? That's what he should have done. Mm-hmm. But he's gone and cost it again, and I'm losing interest through the fight. Don't get me wrong, he was good. Yeah, he won everything. It was a comfortable fight for him. But I don't want my champions to be comfortable. I want my champions like Terence Crawford who want to rip people's heads off. Yeah, again, he wins every round. Charlo standing on his head, really. But you know, I know in the aftermath, he's come out now and said he broke his hand and he broke his left hand in the second round. And if you kind of watch the fight, you know, I did think his jab and everything comes off the jab. His jab was pretty poor. It's usually a really busy jab, but. Again, it's just like, 
he's, he's fighting a guy here that made his name by winning the, the latest t- contender TV show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A guy who's never been world class before. I think if pa- if Charlo pounces on him early and blows him away, you know, and I know that was the plan because obviously this was in Houston and the Charlos are from Houston, Texas as well. So this was supposed to be a big homecoming and he was he was talking about a big knockout. And it, so listen, sometimes shit goes, goes your way and sometimes it doesn't. I'm not beating up on Charlo too much because, you know, his record, you know, proves that he is a lethal puncher and him and their kid will just love getting people out of there fast. But this is back-to-back unanimous decision, fucking win every round, defences for him. And that's got to be concerning. Yeah, ex- exactly that. Especially with what happened in the week with the WBC upgrading Canelo. Because he wants Canelo, right? Of course. They both want Canelo because they know Canelo. that that's where the dough is at, right? Yeah, yeah. But for me now, Charlo and Andrade should fight each other. Yeah. Winner then has a legitimate conversation about a Golovkin or a Canelo fight. Yeah, because there'll be, be a unified champion. So suddenly there's somebody else in this middleweight division that's that's got a claim to being the number one other than Canelo versus Triple G. The more the Canelo-Triple G conversation rolls on, the less I want it. I don't really want to see part three. Why? I just think there's bigger fights for both of them next. You know, I want to, I want to see them... Hang on. This is you with your scouse head on. No, right? no. This I, is what you're I, doing now. Actually, Everybody on the planet wants to see three. They, don't, they do. I don't, I don't agree with you. You don't think everybody wants to see Canelo Triple G3? No. I think more people right now would rather see Canelo fight Kovalev. Yeah, I'm well into that. Yeah, yeah. I think more people want to see Canelo fight Kovalev. That's a fish out. And I think Triple G would move up, but he would take on, what's his name, the young Mexican kid, rather than Callum Smith. That's all the talk at the moment. That's the talk in the US. The super middleweight, the... Benavidez. Uh, Benavidez, yeah. There's talk about Triple G fighting Benavidez. Okay. Or who's the kid that's the weight division below? The WBO champion. Mungia. Mungia, yeah. Sorry, there's loads of talk about Mungia moving up as well because Mungia's been talking about Canelo. But now they're talking about Mungia moving up, sorry, to fight Triple G at middleweight while Canelo goes away and fights Kovalev. Don't get me wrong, listen, obviously I want Callum Smith's name in the mix. I want him to fight one of those guys, but um, that's all the latest noise. That's what I was reading about last night coming mm-hmm. from the US. But So, again, it just highlights even more. The, like, the likes of Charlo... Andrade. And Andrade and the kid who fights this weekend at Bryant, John Bryant or David Bryant or whatever he is, the WBA champion who Brand. fights this week. Bryant, sorry, making a defence out in Japan, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Against Morata. Those guys have got to make statements now. Like, they've got to fucking climb to the top of the a, a top rope with a, a sensational knockout victory to get in that mix because then they're just not in the conversation whatsoever. And you talk about Charlo fighting, fighting out Bubo Andrade next. Yeah, it kind of makes sense, but that's a fucking tough sell after those two performances this oh, yeah. weekend. Two 12-round shutout decisions. Mm-hmm. It's like boring. Mm. You know, at least the Charlo's got a big highlight reel. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird one at the moment. The middleweight division is great because 12 months, 18 months ago, it was on lockdown with two guys, and those two guys looked like they were going to fight each other from the end until, until, until the end of eternity, whereas now the belts are well and truly spread around this entire weight division. Unless Charlo, unless Andrade, unless they start making statements, they're never going to be able to claim this fucking Mickey Mouse title that Canelo's got. Because mm. regardless of what WBC say, as soon as someone beats Canelo, the fans will go, you're the man, you've just beat the man. I don't care what WBC say about you can keep hold of this stupid belt and all that. Let's talk about this stupid belt, by the way. You want to go there now? For anyone that doesn't fucking know what's going on. So the WBC have upgraded Canelo as the franchise champion. We've talked about... Uh, belts that are getting made left, right and centre. Normally it's WBA that we're throwing shade on, you know, because they have super champions, regular champions, intercontinental champions, 
How's Your Father Champions, you name it. They've got all different types of belts. And the reason why they create all these different types of belts is because they're all getting paid. Every time you have a fight with a belt on the line, there's a sanctioning fee and there's a percentage of the purse that goes to the WBA or other sanctioning bodies of particular fights. Now, the WBC recently have made the Pearl Belt, which is no longer happening with the Amir Khan fight. We'll get to that a little bit later on and explain why. Um, But they've decided to upgrade Canelo from the regular... (laughs) I'm, I'm careful with my choice of language here because regular insinuates that it's a lesser belt. It's not a lesser belt. The WBC belt is the most coveted belt. Everybody wants a bit of green and gold. So Canelo was the middleweight champion of the world, right? WBC middleweight champion of the world. And they decided to make him the franchise champion. Now, the franchise champion, there are benefits to it. Um, First of all, you don't have to fight your mandatories if you don't want to. They will discuss, the WBC will discuss with promoter as and when and who Canelo fights. So therefore, if he doesn't want to fight Charlo, he doesn't have to fight Charlo. They've made him the WBC. It's a weird one, this, because he fell out with the WBC a couple of years ago. And I think he's one of them where they're just fucking trying to keep the boy sweet, obviously. So he doesn't have to fight any mandatories. And then the second benefit of this is that if he ever loses inside the ring at middleweight, he won't lose his status as WBC franchise champion. What happens is, let's say I fight him and I beat him. I then get a WBC diamond belt rather than the WBC franchise belt. I get the WBC uh, diamond belt and I become mandatory for Charlo, who's the WBC champion. But Canelo keeps his status as WBC champion. And what has happened here, and what you're going to see now with Canelo, this is why the conversations about Kovalev, and even Callum Smith, he's in that conversation as well, this is why these conversations are starting to gain real momentum rather than the Triple G uh, um, Part 3 fight. Yeah. Because forever, for whatever happens now, he'll never be stripped. No. Until he retires. When he retires, he becomes an Emeritus champion, right? So until that day, he will always be a WBC champion. So he can do what he wants now. He can flip between weight categories. There's no obligation. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to hold him to account and say, hang on a minute, you've got, got this mandatory. Mm-hmm. You've got to defend your belt, what you're doing. You've, you haven't fought at middleweight for fucking three years. That's irrelevant now. He is always now a WBC champion at middleweight. So if he wants to go to super middleweight, I'm going to go up here and have a bit of a play about. No worries. Because if it doesn't work out or you get bored, you can always come back down here. I'm going to go up to light heavyweight and have a go at Kovalev now. Sound. Don't you worry. WBC belt's always safe, sunshine. They've absolutely made a rod for their own back with this whole division. Well, for themselves, they haven't made a rod for their own back because they can get weighed in. Because every time Canelo fights, you know that there's big WBC money. WBC will get paid. There's absolutely massive money in Las Vegas. WBC are getting paid. That's why they've done it. Yeah, yeah. That's why they're all getting laced. But from, for, from a divisional point of view, it's an absolute mess. Yeah, it's a farce, absolute farce. I st- I'm still adamant that every time someone becomes a unified champion, so Terence Crawford before he moved up, Usyk when he unified all the cruiserweight belts, he should have just fucking uh, Game of Thrones the shit out of it. Get all the belts, weld them all together into one big giant fucking star-spangled Disc. belt and just go, that's it, they're stuck now, they're stuck together forever, so fuck you. That, that would have been the ultimate move. Just fucking bear, melt them all into one big giant belt. Because I just don't understand what the WB, what the logic is behind the WBC. Yeah? Like, it's money. Upgrading Charlo. It, it's just, it's absolutely abysmal. It's absolutely, there's one thing here's about a, bringing in pale question, belts and silver belts and diamond you. belts and Mexican belts, the Azteca belts. And, here's a question for you, right? So let's say they do make, let's say... Charlo versus Canelo. Well, hang on a minute, no. Let's, let's say they make... Andrade versus Triple G, right? 
So Triple G then goes and beats Andrade and he becomes the WBO champion. Canelo, at this moment in time, is the WBA and IBF middleweight champion and this WBC franchise champion. Is he still a WBA super middleweight champion? Regular. At middleweight, he is, yes. Right? Not at super middle. At super middleweight, he's the regular. Yeah. Right? But at, middle, regular. but at middleweight, he's the WBA and IBF, right? Yeah. So if that fight happens, then they make Canelo Triple G, and all, allegedly, you've got a WBO belt, you've got an IBF belt, you've got a WBA belt and a WBC franchise belt. Is that for the undisputed when you've got Charlo, who's the WBC middleweight champion? Is that the undisputed? Or do you have to then go and beat Charlo as well to become undisputed? And can Triple G become undisputed in that fight? Or can only Canelo become undisputed in that fight? Mm. Because he can't win his belt off him. No. He can't win that WBC belt off him. So Canelo can't take the WBC belt off Charlo? No, no, no. If Triple G fights Canelo, yeah. he can't take his WBC belt off him. Because he'll always be the franchise Yeah, he champion. can't take it off him. He'll get a diamond version of that belt. So is he undisputed or is he not undisputed? Because Can- because Charlo's the WBC middleweight champion. Yeah. It's fucking mental, mate. So where is the undisputed fight? Who have you got to beat? Do you have to beat Charlo or do you have to beat Canelo? Yeah. See what I mean? It's mental. And Canelo is never going to fight Charlo. No. So you're never going to unify that situation. So, for example, you've got Thurman fighting Pacquiao soon. But one's a WBA regular, one's a WBA super. That's a that's a unification. That's bringing WBA. those belts together. Yeah. Hopefully we don't hear the, the regular Well, they will. Together. Of course they will. Course They'll they will, fucking yeah. stick another one out somewhere at some point. Yeah, yeah. But they're bringing those together. You're never going to see that with Canelo and Charlo. It just won't happen. No. Mess, mate. It's an absolute mess. It's bonkers. Um, we're going to get back onto more of this in a minute or two. I just want to wrap up everything that happened at the weekend because uh, Nick's got a new favourite fighter in the lightweight division. No, it's not Tiafimo. No, no, no. It isn't even Vasil Lomachenko anymore. He's binned him off. Why? Because Richard Comey came out to his weigh-in in a Liverpool shirt. He's as fickle as fuck, is the lad. <laughs> Straight in. Oh, Richard, how are you, buddy? <laughs> to be fair, we met him in New York and he was, he was sweet. Sound. He was sound. He was sweet as a nut. Top guy. But Nick now, seeing as that he's seen that Big Richards are red, that's it. End of, isn't it? He's the one. He's the main, he's the main man. Is he? So when what we, are you going to do when, when we get through? Fights him? When we get through Tiafimo next. Oh, here he is now. To be fair, he has got heavy hands, man. Yeah, man. He it's is. a fight, that. He is. It's a proper fight, that. It's a wonderful fight. Can't wait. Absolutely cannot wait for it. But uh, he was outstanding against Beltran. I know Beltran's a veteran these days. Now, miss weight, though. To get... Beltran miss weight? Yeah, but again, you know, sometimes I think... <clears throat> Sometimes these veterans, when they get these world title opportunities, I think they realise that, you know, this guy's fresh as fuck. The champion looks super dangerous. I'll come in overweight. Okay, I can't win the belt, but if I can win the fight, which is the most, be as strong as I can, win the fight, then there's the rhetoric there to make the rematch straight away when I will make weight. Do you know what I mean? I think there's a, a little bit of that behind, a little bit of, of, of our man and him a bit. Just try and get in there, try and get into Commie's head, try and do it, but... Comey wasn't having any of it. You know, we just got in there and smashed Beltran to bits. Great, great stoppage. Mm. Had him down a couple of times. Didn't Four he, times? In the first. Down again in oh, the yeah, fifth. in the first. Yeah, yeah, a couple of times in the first, yeah. Yeah, down again in the fifth and then obviously finished it in the eighth with the yeah. rest of the fight. So it was a, it's a, a thrilling performance and good to see our mate Tiafimo ringside as well. Working the media as always. He knows and, what he's doing. And he's like, yeah, man, let's get it on. Let's let's do it straight away. He's got so to come through Nakatani in a couple Nakatani, of weeks. Nakatani, yeah, mm. which is basically his warm-up for Comey. Um, and then we get Commie versus Tiafimo before the end of the year, and then hopefully 
you know. Starting next year. The Lomachenko undisputed. comes through against Luke Campbell. Listen, when, when Lomachenko fights Luke Campbell, most of our listeners will be supporting Luke Campbell for obvious reasons. He's a Brit. And a lot of our listeners are British, so... But do, you re- I, do you reckon? I reckon the majority of them aren't asked. I reckon the majority of them just want to go and see Lomachenko in the flesh. Do you think? Yeah, I don't think they'll give a shit. <laughs> Poor Luke. I don't. I well, genuinely the thing, don't the think they'll with, give a shit. The thing with Luke Campbell as well, he's a little bit, and I don't mean this performance-wise, but he's a little bit James DeGale-esque in that incredible Olympic success, but then chose to play his trade very much internationally. You know, it was originally being coached over in America, had a lot of fights over in America, his biggest wins have been over in America. So I don't know whether the fan base is actually there for Luke Campbell. I think you're right. I think on the night, most people will be turning up to watch Lomachenko in the flesh, mm. which I've done numerous times and I can highly recommend. Mm. Um, just finally from the weekend, MTK put showing at the York Hall. We uh, waxed lyrical about the York Hall last week. Um, and the highlight for me, without any shadow of a doubt, is Liam Walsh's ring entrance. I don't know if you've seen this. It's brilliant. He gets on the canvas. He does a little strut along the canvas, and then he thinks to himself, "Do you know something, boys? I'm in the York Hall. I'm in the sp- I'm in the spirit of boxing, the the spiritual home of boxing. I'm going to flip the top rope. That's what I'm going to do." He has a go at it once. Yeah, when he does that, when he goes to do it once and and and, and catches the rope. Why the fuck he doesn't just duck through the middle ropes then? I don't know. What what is going through his mind when he thinks, I'll try it again. Yeah, tries it again. Trips over the top rope, spins into the ring. Superb stuff, Liam Walsh. There you go. The best thing about it was, as soon as it happened, all I was thinking was, mate, you've just handed your two brothers the ultimate dig for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, oh, remember that time at your call when you fell over the top rope, you dickhead? <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Yeah, but you know what? He gets in the ring, he does the business, they mm. round knockout, so, mm. you know, it's what matters. Yeah, it does. Uh, there you go. There's the highlights uh, from the weekend. Sadly, there's no fights this weekend coming up for us to get stuck into, really. Uh, so we best wax lyrical about everything else that's going on in the world of uh, boxing throughout the course of the week. And there's a massive fight coming up. Jeddah, Middle East. You oh. thought it was going to be... Goyat. You thought it was going to be Goyat across from him. No, it's not. Billy Dib. That's the boy that Amir Khan's going to be fighting. He's getting weighed in for the best part of seven million quid. He is mates with Amir Khan. Amir's got on the phone, so he says, Bill, do you fancy making yourself some easy cash, sunshine? I'm retired, Amir. I retired at Super Feather. Fuck that. Don't worry about it. How big are you at the moment? I can just about make welter. No problem, son. I've got a gig for you. You don't even have to train for it. Turn up. Let me pepper you for a bit. Take a dive. Job done. There you go. That's what we're going to get. Amir Khan versus Billy Dib. Same Billy Dib that retired this time last year at Super Featherweight. WBC have put a United International oh, Belt away well, title belt too. That's, well, that's the saving grace. They've taken the pearl belt away and they've brought in the international belt. It's not worthy of a pearl belt. I'm just going to say, yeah. Why, why is Billy Dib, are Australians not worthy to fight for a pearl belt? Has it got to be a, a, an Indian thing? Has it got to be like a, you know, that got to be from a certain part of the world to maybe, fight for the pearl belt? maybe. I'd be gutted if I was Billy Dib. I'd want the pearl belt. I'd be like, what the fuck? The pearl- I signed up for the pearl belt mm-hmm. here. The old pearl necklace. We're thinking of taking a trip out to Jeddah to watch this? Nope. Are you going to watch it? Nope. <laughs> I like, listen, I love Amir Khan and I, I, and I stand by it. You know, at the end of the day, he put in a, he, he put in a, a performance against Terence Crawford out in New York and he needs a, he, he doesn't want to walk away he does need a rebuilding job you know I'd love to see him fight Kel Brook because I think both of them are in that stage of their careers now where it would be a bit of a gun show while it lasted um, but I'm not going to knock him to for you know parading around the Middle East and putting a fight on there because he's still hugely popular in the Middle East and he, you know making an absolute fortune from this fight mm. had, he, had he announced Billy Dibb from the start because I'll be honest Billy Dibb's probably a better opponent than the other guy at least, at least Billy Dibb's been at the top of the sport hang on hang on 
He's not even in this weight category, mate. No, I know. But the other guy was like a fucking ten-fight novice. The original guy. And they're not even wins. <laughs> so at least Billy Dibbs, you know, been around the industry a little bit. He's fought for a, you know, he's fought for a world title. He fought Tevin Farmer for the world title just last year. Yeah. So regardless of the fact that he's, you know, he's going to be like, I'm here fighting his little brother. Yeah. At least this guy is stands up as a more credible opponent to Khan. So I'm not beating, listen, I ain't beating... It's the fact that WBC are throwing an international welterweight title belt at it. Like, what the fuck? The pearl belt was a bit of a joke, wasn't it? We were taking a piss about it. You know, it's complete mismatch, whatever. The pearl belt, oh, WBC are funny, man. This is the international belt. This is like, you know, mm. a ranking belt. It's fucking ridiculous. Mm. Um, at the weekend... Jack uh, and the guy who runs WBC, is it Solomon's son, isn't it? It's not Jose Solomon no more. Mauricio. It's Mauricio Solomon. Do you reckon he smokes crack? <laughs> Do you think that's what it is? Do you think he's a crackhead? <laughs> Honest to God, seriously. I'm distancing myself from this libel Mate, conversation. I'm telling you now, the guy is on something. What is going on? What is he doing? No idea. No idea. Get, other than getting fucking rich. Well, hang on. Speaking of that, WBC this week, or last week, should I say, stuck a tweet out, didn't they? Lads, it's on. August 31st, London. Book your tickets, get your hotels and your trains sorted. Lomachenko's coming to town to take on Luke Campbell. Then the day after, or an hour later, Luke Campbell jumps on and goes, eh, nobody's told me. Um, we had a conversation at the weekend um, involving top rank, matchroom and what have you. And it is done. That's what we've been told. It yeah. is on. Ultra Arena, August 31st. There you go. I don't know why they've uh, not announced it as of yet. Maybe it's uh, ironing out TV deals and various things like that. Yeah. Well, it is a weird one, isn't it, for TV deals? You know, we're expected to be Sky Sports because of... Campbell's links to Eddie Hearn, and we expect it to be ESPN instead. ESPN with the top rank connection to, uh, and obviously it's usually the other way around. It's usually BT Sport and top rank ESPN, hmm. and it's usually Sky Sports and the Zone because of the links with Frank and Bob and Eddie and the Zone and whatever else. But it looks like this is going to twist the other way. But I think, that, and I think that's the only reason why it's being delayed. To be honest with you, hmm. but I can't wait for that. I cannot wait. Are you away then? August thirty first. Yeah. No, I'm back. Good lad. Good lad. I'll be there. If you want to see the talent in the flesh, <laughs> get down the O2 on August 31st. Me and Loma. Tell you what, two for one. <laughs> He'll be socked up, won't he? <laughs> well, that's the thing with WBC. We should have sent fucking old crackhead a pair of uh, a pair of Mo socks. Yeah. Because he's obviously blew his load a little bit too soon there, hasn't he? Because they weren't ready to announce it. Well, when... But he's going to announce it. Yeah, but when um, more fights... I mean, it's a tough fight against Ramirez, don't get me wrong. If, if Moore can unify, WBO and WBC champion, yes, then we'll start dishing out the socks to the WBC boys. Keep them all happy. At the moment, we're just purely WBO. That's it, we're WBO, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, this weekend was supposed to be uh, the Akoli out the cage in Manchester. Um but they've called it off and I'm thankful that they have because let's be honest the card was shite it was terrible and do you think that's why they've called it off I know people have got injuries 100% it's because no one was buying tickets I saw, an, I saw an interview about three weeks ago with Eddie Wright and he was talking about Sky Sports investing more money into being able to consolidate fight cards to make stronger fight cards not necessarily give us more fight cards but to give us better fight cards obviously people when you get to certain levels in the pro game, you want more dough. Now, obviously, everybody's having a look at wanting to go and fight in the America because that's where the dough is with the zone yep. boys at this moment in time. So Sky have recognised this. They've gone, OK, we won't do as many cards, but what we'll do, we'll consolidate those cards so therefore we can pay some guys proper money to fight in the UK rather than go over to the States. Um, and I saw Eddie give this interview and I thought, that's a bit odd. Why is he talking about that now? And he kind of referenced the Manchester card. 
and then about a week later, the card's off because of injuries and stuff like that. Bullshit. It's off because it's shite. It, it was, was shite. It was and terrible, fair yeah. play to him for recognising that. Yeah. I think they were gambling on the fact that Scott Fitzgerald would have filled half the place up with with most of Preston. 100%. Because when he, when he came to Liverpool to fight Fowler, it was unreal. The amount of people from Preston that were in there, and I think they thought him against Brian Rose, big local derby. Scott brings a ton of tickets, a ton of fans. Rose gets half a Blackpool down there as well. I think that's what they were gambling on. You know, there ain't no there ain't many people travelling around the country watching Lawrence Coley, let's be honest. That's no slight on Lawrence Coley, but he's not got the most entertaining style. No. So he's not really built up a fan base. And I think once Scott Fitzgerald fell off, even replacing him with Fowler, you know, it's it's a tough time to sell tickets. Liverpool's always been a tough place to sell tickets anyway. So, you know, and Fowler's not there yet. Had he beat Scott Fitzgerald, then maybe Fowler would have been would have been uh, been, mm. been a bit more of a ticket seller but I just don't think it would have given it the push and especially I think there's a Liverpool card coming up later in the year which that will probably move to well they've moved it I've been told that they've moved it to a next gen card you know really on a Friday night I think it's August 7th don't quote me on that it's yeah. the next next gen card which is in Liverpool right okay so that's going to be the main event is it yeah which is odd because mm. neither of them are next gen fighters no Brian Rose ain't Brian Rose former world title contender so Hmm. There you go. So that's what I've been told. It might change because as Nick just alluded Listen, to there, I think there's a little Don't knock it. They've made the right decision. The Manchester Arena would have been dead. The atmosphere would have been crap. They've done the right thing. Yeah. Um, other little bits of news this week for UK fight fans. If you want to watch Pacquiao versus Thurman unify that WBA welterweight belt, uh, you're going to have to pay for it. Now, I don't know what the cost is. I'm going to guess that it's about a tenner, 9.95, because it's ITV uh, box office pay per view. But check this out. No VADA testing, and now you're going to have to pay for it. They're going to be absolutely roided out the tits, aren't they? Eh? Just a bit. No VADA testing for that fight. How is that possible? To unify two belts, even though one of them's a joke belt, that regular belt, to unify those belts in the welterweight division to not have any VADA testing on the fight. Especially when it's taking place in Vegas as well. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't... I don't understand it. No. Well, I do because Pacquiao's, you know, a juicer. There you go. Um, expect him to roll back the ears and go full Benjamin Button then because he was, uh, do you remember, who did he fight when he was absolutely amazing? Oh, uh, when he won the belt, wasn't he? It was when he beat, uh, was it Matisse? That's it, the Argentinian kid. And he was yeah. just absolutely fucking unreal. And you're thinking, where the fuck's that? After getting beat off Jeff Orton, <laughs> right? Like, it was like Manny Circa 1995. He rolled it back. <laughs> Nearly 40 years of age, looking like a 22-year-old, looking amazing. <laughs> Thinking, look at size of man's back. He was absolutely huge, weren't he? Yeah. Expect the same. In fact, expect the same from... Why would you not? If there's no VADA testing, why would you not? You just go, right, fuck this shit. Let's get stuck in it. They're going to they're gonna look like light heavies, these lads, when they, when they rock up. <laughs> anyway, you're going to have to pay for it. It's a tenner if you want to see a bit of roid rage. Um, um, July, is it 20th, that one? I think that would be yeah, July twentieth. July twentieth, yeah. Well, it's the same night as Dillian White. So Dillian White's pay per view against Oscar Rivas. That card heavyweights here in the UK. Fuck it, hell. And, and then in the early hours of the morning, ITV. yeah. If you want a little, if you on your way on from that fight, maybe I don't know. Dillian's lit you up and he's got you going a little bit. I tell you what, take a tenner off me ITV. I'll go and watch these guys knock seven expensive, bells out of each other. It's an expensive night in. Mm. Um, we sport franchise champion, but what we've not mentioned is that the franchise champion, having what we've said a couple of moments ago, is. Le- He's legitimately chasing Kovalev. Now, I've seen loads of people's takes on this on social media, and it makes me giggle, right? Oh, he's running away from Kovalev. Uh, sorry, he's running away from Triple G. Well, hang on a minute. He ain't running away from anybody because Canelo's a fucking nutcase. If yeah. he's deciding 
to go to light heavyweight and fight Kovalev. That is mental. Absolute madness. He's obviously seen some flaws in the game of Kovalev to believe to himself that one, he can take a whack off him and two, well, be able to pick him in some way, to beat him in some way because there's no way he's taking that fight if he thinks that it's a 50-50. He's obviously 100% confident that he can do Kovalev and become, what is it now, a four-weight champion? Yeah. That's mad if he takes that fight. Intriguing for us. Yeah. Unbelievably intriguing for us because that's where we're at at the moment, I think, with Canelo. You need to really give take all the advantages away of size and everything away from him in order to make a 50-50 fight. Yeah. Kovalev's bigger. You'd think he whacks harder, more suitable to the weight. Fucking brave, mate. If he takes that, fair play to him. It is, but Kovalev looks... He looks every inch a 36-year-old these days. Of course. He? But know, he's, he's but, not the fighter that... But we're talking about a guy, with all due respect, he's not even a middleweight, really, is Canelo. He he's is, a he's fucking massive. He's a light middle. Come on. He's not, he's no, a, he, he can make light middle, but he ain't no light middle. He's as big as Golovkin, Canelo. He's a big middle. Mm. I think he's a big middle. He used to kill... Remember when he fought Liam Smith? He was fucking massive. Mm. He was absolutely massive. Yeah, but so, that was at 154. That's what I mean. I, he was, I think he's a, big, he's a big middle. He's a small super middle. So he'd be a tiny light heavy. However... That's what I mean. Kovalev's not a fucking midget. But the options out there, the options out there are go go back to super middle and, and fight Callum Smith and win, you know, legitimate world title belts and actually, you know, become the world number one in that weight division. Callum Smith is young, hungry, probably in the form of his life right now. Callum Smith's a harder fight than Kovalev. That's what I'm trying to say. Or do you skip that division because you've already ticked the box so I've already got a belt from the suit from 12 stone. Thank you very much. Done that weight class. Do you go up to and fight a 36-year-old man that is definitely on his way down the mountain? That is the world number one in that weight division. So you can, as soon as you beat him, boom, I own the light heavyweight division now, but I'm going back down. You don't have to fucking stick around with all the Eastern European killers in there. You just one shot and you're out. Same as what he did at super middleweight. I think it makes perfect sense. I think Kovalev is definitely, definitely less of a threat than Callum Smith. And I think that's why Team Canelo are making noises like they're going to go up to light heavyweight and fight for the WBO belt. So, all right then, if that plays out and the noise is strong, it's not like we've just heard a little whisper, it's proper. That's oh, yeah, what yeah. Canelo wants to do. Yes. What does Callum Smith do then? Callum Smith has got to stay at super middleweight and he's got to try and unify these belts. Okay. He's got to try and chase... He's got to go after a Benavidez. Yeah, he's got to go after Benavidez. He's got Ramirez to go after... Uh, well, Ramirez has gone up now. So. Caleb Plant. Yeah. He's got to go after all the guys with, who've got the other belts, you know, whether that includes Billy Joe Saunders, I don't know. Again, well, Billy Joe we, Saunders, they've, they've made an offer, haven't they? Frank's yeah. made an offer to Eddie, but um, it's whether that offer's worth it. It's whether Eddie is, is going to want him to fight on BT Sports because obviously an offer from Frank's going to include it being live on BT Sport pay-per-view. It's so whether Callum Smith goes down that road. What I would hate to see is Callum Smith come back, fight in Liverpool towards the end of the year, September time maybe, no. against, you know, hey, fucking John Ryder Mate, or some shit like no, that. No, bullshit. It needs to be massive. It needs to be a proper name now. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care what it takes now. For Callum Smith, we've said it on many occasions, Callum Smith, he's had a great performance now over in America. He's blown the rust off. He's just had a baby, so he's back in the game now. He's, yep. he's keen. He's absolutely thirsty for it. For me, if you can't make the Canelo fight, now, depending if Canelo gets uh, Kovalev. Kovalev. So let's say Canelo goes for Triple G. I personally, then, you either go for Billy Joe Saunders to unify the division. If you can't make that fight through logistics, fuck the division off and go for Kovalev. Mm. That's what I'd do. The problem is, once you go for Kovalev, 
as Callum told us at the weekend, once he allows yeah, he can't his body come back down. to do one seven five, he doesn't come back down. But what do you do now? Just tick, the, just tick over? No, but the problem is the the listen. The Kovalev money is nowhere near what the Canelo money is. Absolutely, I so agree you, with that. So you tread water at super middleweight. And by tread water, I mean try and unify more belts, make yourself even more attractive in the hope that Canelo goes, okay, maybe, ne- maybe next May we'll do Callum Smith. Maybe next May I'll do some... Because Canelo, even if Canelo gets Kovalev... All right then, so what we're, we're agreeing on then, it's Billy Joe Saunders. It's Billy Joe Saunders, or it's a Caleb Plant, or it's a Benavidez, or it's, you know... One of the other guys with a will. To, a but for everybody listening belt. to this right now, they're not yeah. interested in the rest of it. It's no, Billy Joe Saunders. I agree, but you tread water in Liverpool against a Caleb Plant for the unification fight. That does well, sells out the Echo Arena. You make a couple of quid, but not much. But you set yourself up then for 2020 to be in the frame with Canelo to go. I'm the fucking guy. I've proved it. I'm the unified champion of the Ring Magazine belt. I've just added another world title belt. If you want to truly say you're the you're the, you've been up to light heavy, you ain't staying there. It's going to be a killer to get all the way back down to middleweight again. So you're looking at super middle. Oh, you're going to fight me. And your legacy's assured. So it's about positioning. It's like a power play, isn't it? Put your chess pieces in place. Bite the bullet now with a unification fight. And move over there. I, I, I think you're right. Billy Joe Saunders, from a fan perspective, 100% the fight to me. Logistically, it won't happen. It just won't happen. Because Eddie's trying to build, wants Callum to be recognised as the unified, undisputed, super middleweight champion of the world, ring magazine, belt, all that business. And he's on Sky Sports and the Zone and the Zone. So to build that fight with Canelo, you don't want you don't want him going fighting on ESPN or even on BT Sports. You need Callum front row centre to keep going. This is the guy for Canelo. This is the, if Canelo wants to be the guy, it's all good and well winning WBA regular belt. But if Canelo truly wants to be the guy and define his legacy, he hasn't he hasn't he's not the best super middleweight in the world. He's got a he's got a version of a super middleweight belt, but it's not a world title belt. The world title belt, that's not there. It's got, Callum Smith's got that. To beat him, you've got to be and try and build that rhetoric. And I think you don't do that by fighting Billy Joe Saunders. On BT. On BT. At all. It, it just won't work. And after Billy Joe's already fought on Sky, don't forget, he's already defected for one fight. Uh, the, uh, Frank allowed it. He won't allow it again because BT are trying to invest. They're putting a lot of money into the sport. <clears throat> they want Billy Joe Saunders, Carl Frampton, Tyson Fury. Do we need all those guys front row centre? Mm-hmm. Josh Warrington. They need them all right there. Hmm. So it's a weird one for Callum Smith. It may be a, we may be looking at a tread a treading water, a world title defence. I just hope it's not, and again, all due respect, a fucking John Ryder type defence. It's gotta be another world champion. We've got to you've just had Hassan and Dam. Yeah. Hassan and Dam, you were handed, you know, a guy you a former someone you'd sparred with. Yeah. Comfortable defence, let's be honest. A nice way back in. Bomb. And Callum Smith's the same. If he was here now, he wouldn't be like, yeah, I want to fight John Ryder. He'd be like, fuck that. I want to unify belts. Bring someone with a belt to the table. I'll fight them. And then I'm, I'll shout even louder for Canelo. Because again, can I, I think, can, for me, from what I'm hearing, Canelo Kovalev is like 70, 80% done. Yeah. But Canelo isn't going to stay at 175. Absolutely no way. I think he comes back to super middleweight and Callum Smith just needs to be the guy waiting to open, open <clears> the door to him. Yeah, I agree. Um, just finally then, um, we're expecting either this week or at the weekend an announcement regarding the Anthony Joshua rematch. Uh, AJ Ruiz Jr. Um, I'm hearing that they've put it. Up, they've put the 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 outlier to or the options to, to Anthony Joshua, and he's siding with Madison Square Garden. He wants to go back. He wants to go Madison Square Garden, and the dates will be either December the seventh or the week previous to that, November the 29th. If it's happening in the UK, and that is an option, mm-hmm. it's the week after that, which is December the fourteenth, and that will be in Cardiff. The the only options. 
So you've got three dates. You've got two at Madison Square Garden, November 29th, December uh, 7th. And then the week after that is December the 14th. And that will be Cardiff. I, pers- I personally go, fuck it. We do Cardiff. Get all the advantages in my in my yep. corner. Take everything away from what happened previously. Yep. Start again. Exactly. Forget what anybody else says. Exactly. But he's, according to people on the inside of that team, he's got to be in his bonnet about righting the wrong. You can't blame him for that. No. And you've got to admire Again, him for it. It works but two I ways. Think he's making a bit of a mistake doing that. It works two ways, doesn't it? Psychologically, it will be so tough to go back to Madison Square Garden, to walk them halls, to be in that changing room, to be in that city, to walk out to face the same man, all that kind of it's stuff. It's like Groundhog Day. It's what I mean. It all comes rushing back to you. You're like, oh shit, we've been here before. Boom, you get caught in the temple again in the second or third round. His legs go, his legs go funny. It all just comes rushing back, and that the, that familiar familiarness of the first fight, all yeah. and he just the same thing plays out. However, make like, it make it unfamiliar for Ruiz but psychologically as yeah, a yeah. barrier. Yeah. If AJ can go back and can go through the same experiences and can destroy Andy Ruiz inside three rounds, what we all expected to the first time around, and does break that shackle, then psychologically he's probably back to exactly the place he was the week before the Ruiz fight yeah. in terms of, okay, that's gone now. Uh, not only have I wiped the slate clean, yeah. I did it in the same venue, in the same fucking coloured gloves, with the same walkout music. Everything was the same. It didn't happen. It was a bad night at the office. Boom, yeah. put behind me, bring on Tyson Fury, bring on Deontay Wilder, and the gravy chain rolls on. So I, I kind of get where AJ's coming from because it, it just eliminates it completely. Yeah. Because otherwise, you, you're going to build this spectre up about Madison Square Garden. You're going to go, yeah, I'll fight. Oh, I can't fight the Madison Square Garden. Do you know, it becomes like a, a fucking a place to be scared of. Yeah, yeah. And no, no, no champion of the world wants to be scared of anywhere, especially somewhere with so much history as Madison Square Garden. So it, it, it's a tightrope. I, I get the decision. What would you do? As a fighter, what would you do? As a fighter? Fuck, you want your belts back? You want to fight so, him? No, you want to prove a point? Right, right. I want to go no, no. back to Madison Square. Right. If I'm AJ, I want to go back to Madison right. Square Garden. I want to fucking batter that obese little Mexican. Right. And get me belts back. So, but as a promoter? As a promoter, I don't even I don't even do the Ruiz fight. Hmm. I don't even do Ruiz. I don't even do it. I do something else completely. I just go in a different direction. Just because the I don't know enough from the inside. Nobody does because they're telling us there was nothing wrong. But do, you, do you know something on this? Right? If genuinely there was nothing wrong, yeah, yeah. I don't do the fight. Right. I do something else. Right. Well, this is this is my reading of this. Because the noise from AJ, what we're led to believe, is that he wants to do Madison Square Garden and that he wants to go back, obviously, and do Ruiz and, and take the fight. That screams to me that he knows there was something wrong. Yeah. It screams to Absolutely. me that he knows at that point, hang on a minute, the reason why I fucking got beat were X, Y, and Z. Exactly. Right? That's not going to be there this time. Exactly. Fuck it. Let's get back in, man. Let's get it on. It's sorted. If he genuinely thought to himself, well, there was absolutely nothing wrong. There's no way that they'd be going back to Madison Square Garden. No. So I personally believe that he knows that there was something wrong. And that's why he's pushing to go back there. Because he believes that that thing that was wrong last time ain't going to be there this Can time. Can be fixed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whether it's he was fucking about in Miami two weeks before whether he's going to stay in Sheffield full-time this time and yeah. just fly out the week of the fight and get it cracking. Whatever it is, I tell you something, there will be something different in the build-up to this fight. Absolutely, yeah. Even if even if everything was right, there'll still have to be something different in the build-up because he got fucked. So even if everything was perfect in camp, even if there was no issues whatsoever, they can't do exactly the same camp. They can't have the same sparring partners. They can't have the same preparation. 
because AJ got beat up. Mm. So there will be changes, and I think you're right. I think you've hit the nail on the head. They, they must, they must know behind closed doors what the issue was. Yeah, to be able to have the confidence to just go right, fuck it, let's just play it out again, let's do it again. But it's a, it's a, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot for AJ, tough spot for Eddie. Because it is, it is the most. It will be the most watched boxing event of the year, I reckon. Yeah, because f- fight fans last time saw Andy Ruiz and go, oh, "Fuck it, I'll, I'll watch that in the morning." When they got up on a Sunday morning and they saw that result before that fight, I bet you the the afterbuys were crazy. I reckon the afterbuys were probably bigger than on the night. Oh, mate, it'd have been mental. There's absolutely no way if you're a fight fan that you are not watching the next one. There's no way that you're not going to do that. And you're telling me that the subscriptions at the zone aren't going to go through the roof. They've just si- they've just seen their guy get fucked up. So here's a question for you. No, you're not going to tell me that it was planned. Was it planned? No, it was not planned. No, fuck off. It was planned. Was it planned? Planned. Was it planned? Nah. Is AJ not a bigger global star because of it? If he wins, if he wins an emphatic style next time, which he should do, mate, I'm not. Should have done it the first time. You are just chucking conspiracy on top of conspiracy. Is, is he, what you're doing is he right now? now? Is, if he gets in and with Andy Ruiz in November, December in Madison Square Garden, obliter- obliterates him in two rounds, hasn't he had the kind of attention and the bigger spotlight and more pay per view buys? And he's the S side again. Suddenly it looks like. <laughs> Suddenly, it looks like a great move to lose to Andy Ruiz, mate. If they are as, if they're clever enough to have done that, then it's the greatest player in boxing history. If they if they managed to do that, because he was awful, he was that bad. It was as if he just didn't turn up. It was like Bob Adam when he spoke to us and was like, "That wasn't Andy. That wasn't yeah, Andy exactly. Joshua in there." So you're telling me he took a dive and now all of wasn't a sudden, him. that original conspiracy theory yeah. that was going around that week. It was a lookalike. That was a lookalike. Is <laughs> too. They found some lookalike. They threw him in there. Joshua was still on a beach somewhere in Jamaica watching that fight. He's never had the fight. Off. He's never had it. He's never fought Andy Ruiz. <laughs> when he get up close and personal in December, Andy Ruiz will be like, you're a different dude. This guy smells a bit different. <laughs> this guy looks a bit different. Something different about this guy. I can't like quite put my name on it. Yeah. Yeah, he's some Jamaican yardie. Look, that's why he didn't speak. That's why he didn't say anything afterwards. Do you know what I mean? Because it wasn't AJ. There you go. There's your conspiracy. <laughs> Uh, we'll keep you a cut. Uh, I hope for AJ's that. sake it wasn't fucking him. Yeah, we'll keep you across it anyway on our social media feed. So make sure you're uh, on it. Um, hopefully, we'll get some news either this week or at the back end uh, of the week on that. There's no fights really to get stuck into when it comes to uh, boxing this weekend. Our attention's all about mixed martial arts. So Down if you wanna, period, yeah. If you want to get stuck into some fighting this weekend, get over to our MMA podcast. It's well worth the listen uh, because even though we throw shade all over drugs, cheats. Uh, here in the world of boxing, on MMA, we celebrate him. That's right. <laughs> or should I say Nick does anyway. He's going to be wanking off the goat uh, on that show. Um, thank you very much for listening to us. If it's the first time you've ever come across us, please subscribe. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for uh, on iTunes, and it's fightdisciples.com, our website. And our social media feeds are at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter, and it's at The Fight Disciples, mainly because I fucked up the account last year. Uh, on Instagram. So get yourself on there. Please follow us. Come and be a part of this family. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.